Hello and welcome back to Breaking Ground on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon. You can contact us on social media at iProperty Radio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. This week, I'm joined by Kean O'Mahony. Uh, he's the Head of Operations and Head of Development at CSIRO. So, Keen, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. CSIRO, people will be familiar with the brand, but you might just kind of break down what it is that you do in the context of construction delivery. Yep. Uh, good morning, Carol. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so CSIRO is a joint venture between ESB and Vodafone. Uh, we were put together in about 2015 and really launched commercially in 2016. Uh, we build 100% fiber using the ESB distribution network. And so for many of your listeners, that will be a, 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 a familiar concept to them, but then hopefully to those that aren't, that's a, that's a really, that's a key point to, for them to take away today that um, our fiber is reaches the premise using the existing ESB infrastructure. So when you're talking to developers, putting in infrastructure into new housing estates, it's one less thing for them to think about. It's not an additional underground network that they need to deploy. We use what's already there. Um, and 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 we we were set up to really roll out fiber broadband uh, across the country, not specifically to new developments or anything of that nature. Um, but it just so happens that if if your listeners are engaged in the construction industry and are putting together new housing estates, our our unique proposition to them is that we use the existing infrastructure. And and as ESB is a shareholder, uh, we work to the same standards really as ESB. So it's an extremely high grade um, future-proofed fiber infrastructure that uh, we feel helps customers. And we, we feel it's a very compelling element to, to the houses and, and to the, the house selling process at the moment. Um, and we can talk through some of the research that has been done by ourselves and by some of the key developers in the industry as the interview goes on. I think that uh, that really highlights that. But um, that's who CSIRO are, joint venture between ESB and Vodafone. Um, started in 2015, we have enabled fiber into almost half a million premises. So nearly a 500,000 premises. Um, and we're still going strong. We, we have uh, a commitment up to 770,000. So we are still rolling out our network very much. So we're, we're, we're not standing still at all. There's still a huge demand for for the for the product, and that that's uh, so we're we're excitedly bringing the network to new towns around the country um, all the time. Very good, very good. And so, in addition to being the head of operations, obviously you've responsibility for um, the new developments. So, obviously, mm-hmm. connectivity is always an issue that estate or that um, on on new developments and new estates. Uh, you know, and obviously Irish Water is the one that's uh, most prominently in the news all the time. ESB has certainly attracted their their criticism. But in terms of uh, infrastructure, telecoms infrastructure that tends to be. Um, slightly further along the line. So actually, because you're working off the ESB network, mm-hmm. do developers have to wait until the ESB network kind of is in place before they contact you or can both of those things be done at the same time? No, the, yeah, that's a great question, Carol. The earlier we're engaged in that process, the better. Um, we want to ensure that the, the M&Es who are setting out the tender documents to the, to the ultimate contractors that are going to deploy the, the, the materials on site are, are familiar with the... Uh, considerations for the CSIRO network. So we do use the existing ESB uh, ducts and we do use the existing ESB BC2s. Um, but where it comes to, to airtight houses, we have a couple of options for how we get from the mini pillars into each of the homes. Um, and it, it, it makes no difference to CSIRO really as, as to how we get from the mini pillar into the premise. If the customer 
but I think from a developer perspective, the earlier we're part of that discussion, we can lay out those options. Whereas if we kind of come in after a certain stage of construction has been completed, really those options are restricted. And in our experience, those developers are um, for, for varying reasons, because as you know, that the house shape or the, the shape of the houses that are being built, whether they're duplexes, townhouses, one over two, um, part MDU blocks, they're so unique and different that it's never a one size fits all. And so the earlier we're part of that conversation, the more we can find a solution to getting the fiber into each individual premise, um, which is just that last little bit, but it, it means a uh, less mess installation, which is what every developer wants. They want to ensure that the people moving into those premises can get broadband and seamlessly and as seamlessly as possible. And, and that's very much the way the industry is moving. So early engagement is key. And the sara.e slash new developments website has has plenty of contact us forms and, and we can be found through through LinkedIn or anything like that. So or social media platforms as well. Excellent. I, I think it's really interesting how, you know, on the show here every week we talk about uh, changes across the construction industry. Some are happening uh, faster than others, you know, some are frustratingly slow, but I think it's really the, the M&E sector is a particularly interesting one because that has transformed. So the, the, the M&E design has transformed over the past two decades, not just in terms of smart technologies and um, HVAC systems that are, uh, that are directly contributing to the building performance. Um, but now when you're looking at connectivity, you know, so actually the, the work of an M&E designer has really changed probably more than any of the other areas of construction over the last 20 years. So how are you seeing that reflected now in, in the developers? Do you think that just given your perspective, um, working with developers up and down the country, uh, you know, do are the design teams savvy as to what needs to happen now and in what order? Yeah, I think so. I think so, Carl. I think they really do get it because so we, we commissioned some research last year to really independently understand that we're so close to it. We feel we know it. And sometimes it's important to step back and to test and to gauge just how how correct you are. And so the research we conducted last year looked, spoke to just over 1500 people across the, the different um, parts of the country, both first time buyers and second time buyers, different demographics and so forth. And. Um, the 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 biggest thing that under 35s wanted in their house was 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 broadband they wanted that over a garden over parking over ensuite the number one thing under 35% uh, under 35 said uh was broadband and then even so across the 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 age brackets over 55s 28% of them said it was the most important so it wasn't like it fell off a cliff as you go through the decades actually yeah. Because one of the comments I was listening back to some of your podcasts recently, and, and you interviewed Liz O'Kane, fantastic speaker. And when you asked her about the profile of first-time buyers in Ireland, and she said it's twenty-five to fifty-five, and she said, "I'm not joking." Yeah. And I think that's that, that's I, that that I would definitely echo that. I think yeah, um, it's it what we think is most important, and what the designers, what the M and E's think is most important, is different for different customer sections. It's a much broader pool, and, and the fact that you know, almost like certainly over a quarter of over 55s that are in the buying process, first time buyers and second time buyers are still saying that broadband is, is as compelling. It's not just a um, an entertainment element. They really understand the work component of it. And a, a, a major developer recently released a piece of research which said something similar, that, that, that um, the remote working hubs 
was seen as a key factor in their buying decision process. I think, and they they said that sixty percent of people indicated that as a first time buyer more than a second time buyer. But it just shows just how 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 important it's become. And and yeah, I think the M and E's very much do. They, they they think about the end users. That's in a way that's kind of what they have to do. Yeah. How they lay it out, and and they they do do it very well. They ask those questions. They're very driven to understand the minutia of how we deploy our systems, and um, and they're that we get very good engagement from them. But it you know, really comes back from the developer. They need to endorse yeah. it in the first instance. I I think the the research though that you talk about is very interesting. You know when you say that actually this goes beyond entertainment. Because I would imagine if you had done that survey five years ago, it would have been more with entertainment and lifestyle mm. in, in, in mind. However, since COVID, obviously people are particularly going into new builds. If they're going into new builds outside of Dublin, a lot of them are doing it on the basis of remote working for a certain number of days per week. So actually it's well beyond entertainment. It's actually survival. It's the ability to be able to do it. So like yeah. this morning... Uh, this morning, I am not in our uh, Dundrum studio. I'm not even in our City West office. And it, it, I'm, in fact, over in the Galway office, which I would not be able to do. Um, if it, I, I don't think I would have been able to do that 10 years ago, but we can do it today. And in fact, I, I think how we prioritize our life. I, it does surprise me to hear that people under 35 put Wi-Fi ahead of things like gardens. Um, yeah. Probably not parking, but but certainly things like gardens. But I, I do understand that that's I, I you know that's probably where they've been in the last two years of their life stuck in a small house or apartment, uh, but needing Wi-Fi for work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's interesting. You, the industry always has to move with consumers, and you know I I would always argue that the industry should be leading consumers. It shouldn't be waiting to be led by it. Um, but look, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that this is as basic as electricity for people moving into their new homes. and um, But tell me, what kind of developers and developments are you working with? Um, I mean, our, 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 I think we have network in something like 84 plus towns around the country at the moment. So there's there's really, there's very few household developers that we're not engaged with, but I'm very conscious that the, the industry is built up of so many developers that are, are much, much smaller than the household names. And really that's the audience we hope to, to reach out to today. Um, it, because there are... The, that's a fantastic thing about the Irish economy is that it's built on individuals that might only build 10 to 20 houses. There are so many of those and they're the backbone of, of the construction industry. Um, and reaching out to them is harder because they have less time to 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 engage. And so we're, we're still very keen to speak to to all construction um, and, and development businesses, large and small. Um, but in terms of the projects that we, we're involved in the biggest and the smallest Um but what we, would you consider the smallest? Like, would you be dealing with what? What is it? Only developments, or would you deal with self builds? No, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if our network is there, because we're because our network is, I think we have in excess of ten thousand kilometers of feeder distribution network deployed across the country. We're on a lot of roads, and and so therefore houses are are, are popping up along those roads. And I think there was a stat two years ago that twenty five percent of all new houses were one off constructions. So so of course, absolutely, Carl. We 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 would. Um, pick those up where they are reachable from our network um, and where we where they are not directly within our design standards say that they're a little bit too much of a distance again those individuals can reach out to us and if we can find some solution to to kind of bridge that gap then we'll do so to to bring our network to those customers and um, uh, sorry just to clarify though if you're working off the esb network and esb is going into the home how would yours stop before that 
Well, ESB wouldn't bring us in just by by matter of course. So we could yeah. be part of a line diversion, which is which absolutely, if our fiber is touching that asset that's being moved, I'm really talking if we're kind of maybe you know five hundred meters back, and we wouldn't yeah. necessarily be part of ESB Works, and then we would look into that. So, uh, but absolutely, if we're part of the the ESB infrastructure that passes that property, then they have then ESB work with us to make sure that our network is moved. If any customers are affected, then that's a whole process that we have in place, and that that covers that all for sure. Yeah, no, because that's that's actually one of the points of frustration around self builds, actually, because generally they will look for an ESB connection at a very early stage, but telecoms can take a little bit longer than that, and particularly fiber. And you know, again, there's it depends on where you are in the country that's still an impact you know and and i think that maybe there's a perception that the further away from the larger cities you get that's worse but actually in my experience that's not true at all having lived uh 15 minutes from dublin in blessington we had mm. woeful um internet and phone signal and everything and in fact when i came over to the wilds of connemara i was blown away by how great um both mobile and internet was so it's definitely the perception that somehow the further you are from the cities is just completely inaccurate. Um, but we still need we still need to be able to guarantee this to every home in the country. Yeah, and that's and, and I think that the um the point you you're making there about the timing is really key. And it's something that we are uh very mindful of that that in order for the customers move in experience, whether they're a one-off home or whether they're a part of a small development or a major one, it's no different. Having broadband at as early a stage in that is process as possible is, is key and and i i moved during covid we my family and i lived in dublin worked there and then during covid we reassessed my wife is from claire and our kids are, are, are of an age where growing up with their cousins was a very compelling proposition and we decided to relocate to ennis and county claire and so very similar we, we we took the um really took the opportunity that covid afforded us and um, and when i was going through that buying decision the available broadband of the property was key. I ruled out properties because they they were not um they they wouldn't have fit the purpose that myself and my family would have required. And it's nothing to do with what the kids watch. It's to do with myself and my wife being able to work remotely for for businesses that are based out of Dublin. Yeah. Um, and we still travel. We still do the day or two. That's really important. It's it, it's it's not a hundred percent. But I think being hybrid and being up there to a degree is is really a, a, a good balance to have. But being able to work without any concerns with your broadband connection when you're home um, is, is imperative now to, to us. And so I would empathize with those people. And, and the, the timeliness is no good moving into a brand new home and having to wait six months for your broadband. Yeah. That's not not when your employment depends upon it. it it's too important. And so, again, we, we the, a key message to the developers that are listening to this program today is that early engagement is critical. Because if we are aware of the ESB works, because um, under GDPR, if ESB are asked to do something, they can't pass that information on yeah. to SIRO yeah. as a separate entity. Yeah. They have to engage with us differently. Now, if yeah. the asset is moved, it's one and the same. But if the asset is near but not moved, then we're completely blind to it. Um, now, we will monitor the networks. We review all the planning applications around the country. We do what we can to pick it up. Um, but there's there's always more. So uh, a little bit of proactivity on the developer side will, 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 will go a long way with us. So. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm interested in, I, I'm always interested in the consumer take because we do a lot of business to business. So we talk to the industry, we talk about the industry, and sometimes it can be hard to capture those consumer insights that are really dictating many of our trends. You know, so I, I, I'm interested to hear the perceptions of under 25s and those over 55 and, you know, everybody in between 
But um, I, I know that your company has done quite a bit of market research on other things like, you know, the connectivity of smart devices in the home. That's yeah. something that, <clears throat> excuse me, I think, you know, hasn't been properly I, I I don't know. Is it just poor PR on the on the part of Ireland? But um, only in the last few days, I had lunch with um an American woman who's who herself and her husband recently relocated in the last couple of years, relocated to Ireland, and they're redoing an old house. And they said, you know, in the US they had smart technology. They were able to um you know turn on their hot water before they got home or turn on heating before they got to their home. And I was like, yes, of course we have all that in Ireland. And she she didn't know that that was available in Ireland. And obviously it's been available in Ireland for many years. So, yeah. you know, do you think, is, is there a huge gap? What kind of trends are you seeing kind of through your market research about where home buyers' expectations are? And is the industry living up to those expectations? Yeah, I, I think the that's a, that's a great question. I think the top three things that we saw from the market research in terms of what a smart home means to to consumers would, would um with it, it helps them save energy. Uh, it improves the, conven- the convenience of their life, and then it helps them save money. And um, what was interesting was that ninety percent of them had a concept of what a smart home was, but it's it's what I would term a woolly term. Like it's, you know, it, it it's it 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 isn't very crystal clear. It's not like a speed on a broadband where it's really yeah. it is or it isn't. I mean, a smart home can mean a variety of things. Is is it your remote immersion or is it that your fridge orders your groceries on your behalf? It's it, it's very much how it fits to your own family requirements, and but I thought it was interesting as well that that uh, that energy is such a key component of it because that is really probably where we're going to see it become relevant, and that's the key word. I mean, smart technology without relevance is and um, isn't going to sell well. The key thing to it is is that it's got to, and I think this is a from from taking off my new developments hat and thinking about operations. Um, this is a key area as as a as a broadband wholesaler in the market that we need to continue to to evolve and stay up to date with emerging trends. We as a wholesaler, we have twenty different retailers on our on our network, and 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 we're reliant upon them to a degree to productize the offering to the consumer. Yeah. But what is within our gift is to is to scope the service aspect of it, because that's not selling the boxes and the elements that are going to be plugged in and, and in play. But this is about that underpins the smart. Um, you know, so like you you said, kind of a smart home is a woolly term. I don't think it is at all. I think smart to me is just an acronym for uh, or, or a synonym for um, connected. So it, once you can connect to the internet you have the ability to be smart and then everything else are just the iot devices that you put on top of it but yeah. the connectivity is the smart element is that is that wrong is that uh it's your definition i i think that's, that's it's, I, it's, I'm, that's, I'm open to correction keen i'm yeah. open to correction no genuinely though like because i think it's interesting you know i i i i, I want to learn i want to be informed tell me what is the definition of a smart home uh to Cyro? So I think what it can be in future is a uh, better usage of the new Wi-Fi protocol, Wi-Fi 6, um, a heat-mapped premise such that your Wi-Fi black spots are identified and corrected on a proactive basis. So not just somebody coming in and doing it once and walking away. These are um, idiosyncratic radio signals from your mobile devices to your, to your TVs, to your modems, and they can change. 
And, and what you really want is to ensure that you've got a proactive management solution that is feeding into the cloud, running diagnostics, and then repointing them as the black spots reappear. Um, and then that, because of that foundation of strong, well-performing, well-utilized um, network availability, that you then bolt on your IoTs that connect to your cloud, connect to your, your grocery accounts, connect to your security devices, connect to your entertainment requirements, connect to your work clouds, to your Citrix environments and so forth. But it starts with the foundation. It starts with the, and I think that's that's the big gap. Right now, if we deliver, we, Syro will deliver a two gig service into a premise. How do we get the most out of that is, is the question. So before we, I think before we allow the, the, um, the Harvey Normans of the world to, to determine what an IoT environment looks like, we as wholesalers and we in the industry still have that gap to say we're delivering a phenomenal product, but we we can still do more to help people get the most out of it. Um, and without that, then it's just going to be, uh, there'll be a level of frustration, I feel. And I see it with my own family. You know, I, I mean, I have uh, aunts and uncles to try and, and connect different devices. And I'm the person that gets the phone calls to say, why isn't this working? And, and <laughs> um, it's often because they've, Put the modem behind fifteen photo frames, and the thing just can't, can't you can't see it. So it, it, it's a it's often basic things like that. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we can correct for human error. There's there's an element of that. It's but look, I, I think I think there's um there's certainly improvements on it. I, th- I think it, it is a woolly term right now, uh, but getting the most out of what we've got available is 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 something that we can do more. And again, speaking to developers, speaking to MEs, where do we position the access points? How do we make sure that we're bringing it into positions that then lend themselves to better experiences in the properties as part of our discussion? That's part of what we talk about, whether we're talking about uh, semi-detached developments or or high-density apartments. And having those that thought process that you're, 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 um, you're picking up on, Carol, is early at a stage of planning is, uh, is, is fundamental to, to setting ourselves up for success so that you take an element of the human part of it out of it because we can't expect everybody to be experts yeah and that's i think that's that's uh that's fair and um, i suppose look at the marketplace we're in at the moment um so many of our housing problems whether it's across the public or private sector whether it's for sales or rentals so many of our problems and challenges come back to a lack of supply so new mm. supply as much as possible as quickly as possible has to play a huge part um, in, in tackling the housing crisis right now. However, we know that um, commencement notices are down, which yeah. means our, our output for 2023 is likely to be well down, not just down, but well down on 2022 figures. So look, how is your pipeline looking over the next 12 to 18 months? Um, We see that. I mean, we, we, we track those same plan, plan commencement notices and and. Look, our endeavor is to get to the sites that are active. Um, we've seen sites paused. We've certainly seen them get to a certain stage and then the funding conversations have changed. And while we've been, you know, very advanced in the discussions, then everything has just gone quiet and that's the feedback we've gotten. So we see that in the market. But look, our our, our role is just to be ready and available when called upon. And um, we're perfectly happy to, to have all those calls with the M&Es. And if they don't progress, that's that's fine. But I think... Um, it is a concerning time. I, I mean, I do feel for for people. I've I've friends that are similar ages that have, you know, gone traveling, come back, good savings, ready to go, can't buy, yeah. right? Do, yeah. Like it, it, it is. Um, 
I think it's 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 this is a societal problem that's unique in that it doesn't affect any one particular decade of generation. It it affects so many. Um, uh, but from a broadband perspective, look, I I think I'm always very conscious to not oversell the importance of broadband to rural living because it's about so much more than that. It's got to suit you and 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 suit. And, and again, I'm a bit of a poster child for it for having left Dublin and 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 doing something different, but. I mean, I can't recommend it highly enough. And I think that when you look at how strong the fiber infrastructure is outside Dublin, um, there's a compelling reason. But again, it comes back to employers and are they willing yeah. to let people? It's not as straightforward a, a, a conversation as saying, well, if you've got broadband, well, then why wouldn't you? But I think what we can continue to do is to roll out the network as quickly as we can. And um, so that for those people uh, to whom their circumstances, it does fit. Yeah. that we continue to be ready and available. And it's, and it's a great thing for Ireland, Inc., that we have as many premises passed with 100% fibre, I think. Yeah, actually, I think that's a really fair way to to put it, Keen. that, um, you know, not or having broadband isn't isn't the key to rural living, but not having it is definitely an impediment to it. So I, I think that's a really fair way to do it. But you're right. I mean, look, I, at the end of the day, Everything that we're focused on in our business, our clients, our industry, it's all about um, getting new supply to the market. And whether that's uh, bringing back properties into use, it's all about just getting new supply. So just before we before we finish up uh, for developers and contractors who are in a position that they're on developments now, obviously, we want to get things, make sure that they get to completion stage and hand it over as quickly as possible. You know, what are the key key considerations to ensure that they have a smooth and efficient process so there's no delays when it comes to connectivity? Yeah, I, th- I mean, well, so again, sarah.ie slash new developments, you've, you've uh, a path to contact us through that. And um, you can search us on LinkedIn, we're across social medias um, as, as well. So you'll you'll reach out to us, speak to us. We have a team ready to respond and to engage with you and to talk you through whatever whatever gaps there are. We have field-based agents that will come and attend your site and walk it off with your form. And I think that it's it's as early a stage, but look, if if you're listening to this and you're halfway through and some of the houses are occupied and you're at slabbing or, or at foundation stages that others, it's it's still not too late. Still reach out to us. We'll have that conversation. That's that's par for the course for us. But um, we are ready and available to support the developers. And, it, it, and look, we're in a rollout phase. So we we this is where we want to be, right? And then and, um, the best we can do is be available. And and make and and I think the key elements to remember are that we sit inside the ESB asset, so you don't need to dig up anything to put us in. And um, we're a one hundred percent fiber service. Uh, and as a wholesaler, we offer your re- or your your end customers a choice of twenty retailers, and um, including Vodafone, Sky, now Virgin Media, DigiWeb, one of the the, the best rated retailer on Trustpilot. So it's a compelling proposition. Um, and 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 yeah, and I think the main thing is that they can access to us through siro.ie slash new developments. Super, that's great. Thank you so much, Keen. That was Keen O'Mahony, Syro's head of operations and new developments. And that's it from us this week. You can get in touch with the show on social media at iProperty Radio or by emailing hello at iPropertyRadio.com. My thanks to the Hear Me Roar production team and to Luke Delaney on sound for Dublin South FM. Until next time, thank you for listening.